Welcome to the Inner Trends Podcast. Welcome to the future of mobility. Simply stay on track. Welcome to a new episode of the Inner Trends Podcast and Happy New Year to everyone. My name is Britta Walters. 2022 is going to be an exciting year because... Of course, InnoTrans will take place from September 20th to 23rd. But apart from that, it is going to be an interesting and also challenging year for the railway industry. Later on in the show, we'll go more into the details with our today's guest, Pedro Fortea, General Manager from the Spanish Railway Association, Marfix. But before we do that, I'm very pleased to welcome InnoTrans Director Kerstin Schulz on the show. Kerstin, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Britta. How are you? Good, good. Well, it's InnoTrans year. Nine more months to go until we bring the railway industry together. Speaking of bringing people together, the International Press Circle is a very special and unique format to bring international railway associations and journalists together. Kerstin, can you explain to us what is the objective of the International Press Circle? Yes, of course. Um, the International Press Circle um, it's an exclusive event for the international media representatives and for the um, international railway associations. Um, it's a compact format of um, maximum three hours and offers the media the possibility to talk directly to the international industry associations, like a face-to-face -face networking branch. So you mentioned it already a little bit. Um, what exactly will happen at the International Press Circle? It's it's more than a simple press conference, right? Right. It starts with a short welcome of Messe Berlin as the organizer of InnoTrends and a short welcome of the partner associations of InnoTrends. And afterwards, the media representatives, the journalists have the opportunity to talk directly to the board of the International Railway Industry Associations to hear what's new, what, uh, what are the highlights on the show, and to show the power of the transport technology branch uh, in their, of their country. And in 2018, there were 16 associations um, um, at the International Press Circle. So the premiere of the International Press Circle was in 2018. How was the feedback back then? The feedback was uh, good all over from all sides, um, especially the personal contact and the internationality was great. And the journalists appreciated uh, the news um, about new products or highlight premieres on the track area um, beforehand. Um, and on top um, of the International Press Circle uh, is the goodie of the International Press Tour. So the journalists get to see the highlights before everyone else. So an event we are really looking forward to. Uh, when will the International Press Circle take place? Um, it takes place on Monday, the day before InnoTrend starts. That means on Tuesday um, morning, um, the news will be released already. And um, last uh, at the last International Press Circle, we had a guest like um, the Spanish Railway Association. They took part, Marfex. And this is our next guest, right? 
Right, exactly. Thank you, Kerstin, so much. Britta, Have a great wait, day. wait, wait, wait. I I can say um, Happy New Year in Spanish. That means Feliz Año Nuevo. <laughs> well, Feliz Año Nuevo to everyone. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Kerstin. Thank you. I'm very pleased to welcome my guest for today, Pedro Fortea, General Manager from the Spanish Railway Association, Mafex. Mr. Fortea, welcome. Bienvenido. Hi, and thank you for, for inviting me to this uh, podcast. Mr. Fortea, in this podcast, we talk about the future of mobility. But before we look into the future, let's take a look back. I think that's always helpful to see where we are coming from. I remember, for instance, when I was a kid, my dad took me on a steam locomotive ride in Bavaria from Nuremberg to Fürth, where the first German railway ran in the 19th century. Do you remember your first train ride? <laughs> yes, I, I remember more or less. You know, it was the, uh, the 80s. I was a kid and I played in a football team with my colleagues from, from school. And I remember when we were used to go to uh, to the football stadium in, in Bilbao, the, the main city in the region I, I lived. And it was, uh, you know, uh, it was fun. It was, uh, the trains were crowded and they were not on time. Uh, the doors could even open during the, the during the trip. And you could even get, you know, burned from some adults, cigarettes or other people. So, and people also jumped from the trains before they stopped some sometimes so it was kind of a, an adventure so this is my first uh, memories from train of course then later on during my life i have been you know taking a lot of the train having going to university for six years by train going to to work uh, for a long time by train so but but the first memory is that from uh, from the football you know uh, stadium the football matches yes nice an adventure quite fun <laughs> Quite an adventure, sounds like it. Yes, right. Yes. Well, since then, things definitely have improved, I'd say. Um, mobility is changing very much for various reasons. What trends do you see worldwide affecting mobility? Well, <laughs> things have definitely improved a lot. From, from the example I gave you from my first uh, memos, uh, not only in, in in our country, in Spain, but in, in, in other, in many other places, of course. And, and now, you know, you enjoy uh, taking the train and feel safe, secure, uh, knowing that you will be on time. Um, and for example, you can get sometimes for reading, for thinking of, for whatever you, you want. So things have definitely improved. So if we, we if it comes to discuss about the, the, how mobility is changing and the, and the trends worldwide, I, I would emphasize uh, three of them. First, the, the growth of um, population worldwide. This is clear. So we have right now 7,300 7, million people in our planet. Uh, according to United, United Nations studies, uh, we will be about 35% more by, by the year 2050. So this is a lot. Then second, uh, second trend, in my opinion, would be the more and more people living in, in, in megacities. So by, by 2050, also, 70% of the total population worldwide will be living in, in, in large cities. In cities, 80% already in Latin America is happening right now. So it's a, 
is one of the key challenges for that is to address the mobility solutions in, in, in large cities and the impact of mobility in those cities. Imagine, for example, I don't know, a city like Madrid with 5 million inhabitants. Um, what they would do without, uh, you know, train, commuters, metro, uh, mass transit, in, uh, mass public transportation in, in general. But imagine cities like, I don't know, Shanghai with 26 million people, Delhi, 18 million people, they would be totally collapsed. So I think, uh, you know, uh, we... we in one way or another, we must offer fully connected transport uh, solutions to this, uh, to this, uh, you know, to the citizens in general, to the to the world, to the population, and and so both population growth and the concentration in large cities represent the main challenges uh, for the future of mobility. But at the same time, it is a great opportunity for for railway. So, and the third uh, trend that I find is, of course, the climate change and a greater environmental awareness. So. We need to take an action against climate change, and this is not an option. This is, uh, you know, an obligation for all of us. And so, I think if we take sustainability as a competitiveness driver for our sector, we are in a in a good position to to lead a, to lead a change. So the world is changing quite fast at the moment. We notice, um, according to you, what are the main challenges the railway industry is facing right now? Well, first, I, I, I classify these uh, this challenges in, in three categories, let's say. So the first one would be, a, for example, the market one. We are moving into lower prices, you know, we are local solutions. So there's a big pressure in the industry on this issue. The consolidation of the sector also, mergers, acquisitions, and, and also more and more advanced uh, business models based on, on services. So this would be, uh, you know, some challenges uh, according to the, to the market. Then when it comes to talk about technological challenges, you know, standardizations to reduce production costs, automatization, sustainability in terms of introducing, for example, new energy solutions such as um, hydrogen and digitalization to keep up to date and offer more advanced and sophisticated products and services. And so we, we need to, to offer to the passengers also better and more connected travel experience. So technologies is there as a main key challenge to, to work. And then the third would be, you know, regulatory challenges. We all need to be ready to compete in markets that are in process of liberalization, for example. But at the same time, we find some other countries very, very protectionist. So companies need to deal with these, uh, you know, regulatory, regulatory challenges in a diff with different uh, strategies. But if, uh, if I had to summarize, you know, the main challenge, uh, probably I would, under I would underline uh, technology, you know, green technology. Uh, and, and when it comes to talk about European industry, I would say that we, we have to continue with this technological process, of course, very important. But we must lead on sustainability. We must be leaders on sustainability, the same as we have been leaders in, in uh, you know, in, in technology for many, many, many years. But other regions and other industries are improving and very, very fast. So, and then as, as a trend, I would say that we, as a challenge, I would say that we need to make great mobility uh, enjoyable. So, you know, passing, passenger experience are not just words. 
And then when it comes to freight, we need to move freight uh, in, a, in a more efficient way to, comp- to compete with the rest of modes. So shift freight from, from roads to, to trains is, is essential. I see. Well, railway is the backbone of mobility. We all know that it plays a crucial role in fighting climate change. But right now we see a development which kind of goes into the other direction. Due to the COVID pandemic, passenger numbers have declined and they're still not back to normal. This affects the railway industry heavily. According to you, what does it need to cope with the pandemic and railway? Well, you're right. We are, we are you know, we, we live right now in a, in a paradoxical situation. So on one side, we all are sure that, you know, the future of mobility needs public mass transportation. And we all agree that rail transport should be the backbone of, of this mobility of the future, complemented, of course, with other modes of, modes of uh, transport. But on the other side, the public transport demand has dramatically decreased with the uh, pandemic. And now almost two years after the, the, you know, the global lockdown, we are not able to return to the demand figures we had in 2019. So in my opinion, it is essential that public administrations basically at all levels collaborate to, to bring back people on board. So without demand, there is, there is nothing. So this is the most important challenge we must face today in the short term as a sector. Then other challenges are such as, I don't know, the use of recovery funds or other future challenges, of course, will be crucial too. But uh, but we need to bring people back to the public transport and, of course, on the trains. So it's about demand and also trust, I, I assume, right? Um, what does the railway industry need to be competitive today, but also if we take a look into the future? But mm-hmm. well, as I told you first, you know, the demand. We need to bring back people uh, uh, on the on the trains. But apart from this, I would focus on on the long term and, and from the industry perspective. I would say that first we need a, a strong demand demanding a domestic market, uh, and this must be planned in a long term strategy. So we cannot, you know, as industry size the companies and their strategies um, according to political political cycles. We need a stability. So no demand, no market, no market, no industry. So simple. The second, we need more support to, to innovation, more and more support. Always innovation must be supported more. Support to research, to test, to implement pilots or agility to implement solutions. We need fast and agile innovation. So this support innovation can only be also done with, with a strong plan and demanding domestic market. And also it's very important to be able to boost our own technology and standards. So when, when it comes to talk about this, always comes the example of the PRTMS as a European standard, you know, that should be taken into account. So this is something that we really need to 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 be implemented in other, you know, um, aspects. And third, we need to be able to do business in other places in a similar way as others do them in, in Europe. So level playing field is necessary when doing business abroad. We need more and more accessible markets. So nowadays, almost 32% of the total market volume worldwide is not accessible for European industry. I include the Spanish industry, of course. So don't you think it's not too, not too much? So 
we need we need to be uh, you know to have more opportunities abroad. I see. Right. Uh, another issue I would like to talk to you about is um, talents. Uh, we see finding skilled people is an issue in many industry sectors. Uh, what do you think? How can the railway industry become more attractive to young talents? That's a good question. A huge challenge for for the sector and for the and for the industry. So we we need to make the rail sector and the and the rail industry attractive for for young talents. And, and probably we need to start by explaining to the people how positive is the impact of railway in the society, the social value of rail. So once we get a position on that, we will be able to, to get more attractive, uh, to, to get a position of, you know, showing the sector as more attractive for, for young talent. Let me tell you something, for example, when, when you started to, to, to look for a job, uh, We all have different motivations. Of course, you want to earn more money. You, you, you want to do something you like. There's a little bit of ego too. You know, we all like to be told that we are doing things correctly. But there's a fourth motivation that I found very important, which is crucial. And many times we don't think it in advance, which is what are we doing What are we going to do for our community, for our society? What are we doing for the future? And you know, something that I find great about working in this sector is that it can offer responses to personal aspirations, but also to global challenges, climate change, making life uh, easier for too many people, Uh, you know, we are we are talking about technology, saving time and enjoyable experience to, to people, security, mobility. So we all need to find a purpose in what we do. And I think that uh, the rail sector should show this to society first and then to to young people. And for example, let me give you an example. The, 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 the rail industry in Spain represents 8% of the PDG of the industrial PDG in our country. Not many people knows here how important is this impact for employment, for the economy. And, and so we, we need to show this, we need to explain this to society at all levels. And then we will be able to make more attractive the sector for, for young people, I guess. Right, that's a really interesting perspective. Well, what we can say is that young talents definitely should come to Innotrans, there they can find out about career options in railway and get in touch with exhibiting companies from all over the world. Uh, our new Innotrans campus is definitely a must for young talents. Well, Mr. Fortier, next year, I heard, you will celebrate an anniversary at Innotrans. 20 years ago, you came to Innotrans for the first time, right? How was it back then? <laughs> yes, you're right. It makes me feel a little bit old. But uh, yes, I've been attending in a trance, as you said, since 2002. And, it's, and it has been always great to do it. You know, some, some weeks ago, I was talking with a good colleague from, from mine, from the Spanish Railway Foundation, and she told me something that I found it great. So we were discussing about, you know, in a trance, And she told me, Innotrans is, to, is like, you know, for rail, like, like for rail people as, as Mecca is for Muslims. Once in your lifetime, you, you must go there. And I said, then I, I told her, I feel like a privileged one because I've been able to, to go many times since, well, all times since 2002. And, and in fact, 
the idea of creating Mapex was uh, was you know started in Latino Trans that year 2002. Wow, that's really great. So the idea of Mapex was was born at Innotrans. We are more than happy to hear that because that is one of our goals, inspiring people and bringing people together. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Fortea. That was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much. And I hope you, you uh, enjoy I enjoyed the conversation. So I hope to see you all in Innotrans in Berlin in September next year. For sure. We'll be there and hope you will be there too. Stay tuned. Next month, we'll be back with new guests and new stories. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you.